Okay, I'm obsessed with Audible because it lets you enjoy all of your audio entertainment in one app. As an Audible member, you can choose one title a month to keep from their entire catalog, including the latest bestsellers and new releases. And with female writers and heroines, celebrity narration, multicast productions, Audible has you covered for every type of excitement that you're looking for, including true crime and mystery. And I know all of you love that too. For example, right now, I'm listening to None of This is True by Lisa Jewell. New members can try Audible free for 30 days. Visit audible.com slash reality life or text reality life to 500 500. That's audible.com slash reality life or text reality life to 500 500. With four daughters and two on a dance team, I can tell you we go through a lot of mascara in my house, but I'm crazy about L'Oreal Paris new Panorama Mascara, which catches every lash for corner to corner for maximum volume. If you're looking for a new high-end mascara without breaking the bank, this is yours. The new L'Oreal Paris Panorama Mascara gives you a high-end lash look in a premium gold luxe packaging. I've been using it for about two weeks now, and I feel like my eye has completely opened up, and the girls are crazy about it too. They've got a tapered brush to catch every lash, one of the best mascara wands that I've ever used. And like I said, this luxe appearance of this gold package you got to get it. You can buy Panorama Mascara on Amazon today. L'Oreal Paris New Panorama Mascara. You're going to love it. The amazing Kate Casey. Welcome back to another episode of Reality Life with Kate Casey. I hope that you guys have had a great week. And boy, do I have an episode for you. If you're someone who's watched the Food Network, you will know my guest. In fact, if you've picked up an issue of People magazine, you've walked past the cookbook section of Barnes & Noble, you have listened to episodes about the country's best TV personalities and food writers, you will know my guest this week, Ree Drummond, also called the Pioneer Woman. Turns out she's one of us guys. She loves Bravo shows. And so I tracked her down on a ranch in Oklahoma, and I asked her all about her favorite reality shows. And guess what, guys? She texted me back and said she considers herself a Real Housewives of Orange County and Southern Charm scholar, which I appreciate in somebody, especially since she's been watching Real Housewives of Orange County since episode one. I'm telling you, she's our people. So I was really excited to hear her thoughts on old episodes, new episodes to come, and to just kind of figure out what she thinks about people like Jackson Brittany and Stassi and Bo and Heather Dubrow and Kelly Dodd. Things that you might not necessarily know from watching her make queso dip on the Food Network. She's our people, I'm telling you. I also want to bring you some information about a new show. It's a three-part series on TLC, and it is so good. It's called Taken at Birth. It is unbelievable. So in 1997, a shocking story makes headlines. Thomas Hicks is a small-town Georgia doctor. And he apparently illegally sold more than 200 babies from the back door of his clinic. Jane Blasio has been trying to uncover the mysteries of this Hicks clinic for over 30 years. She is joined in this series by Lisa Joyner and Chris Jacobs, who also host Long Lost Family, which is another great show on TLC, which returns on October 25th. So they're trying to bring closure to the stories behind these stolen babies. Jane, the lead investigator, she learned at age five that she had been adopted, but the full darker tale of how she was acquired didn't emerge until much later, after the death of her adoptive mother, 
which freed her to open, you know, some of these really hard questions to the remaining parent who raised her. And so her quest for answers broke out open a small town's secrets. So you've got a docu-series, which is all about babies that were placed for adoption in the black market and a small town doctor. It's like a lifetime movie, but it's really happened. So TLC examines Jane's pursuit of her past and her effort to inform and unite others like her, collectively known as the Hicks Babies. So it's a six-part, three-night special called Taken at Birth on TLC. So basically, a father of three who was married to a Baptist Sunday school teacher, Hicks died at age 83 in 1972, long before Jane's digging led to the first headlines about the scandal in 1997. She wrote an article that appeared in a newspaper in Ohio. So at the time he died, Hicks was without a medical license, having surrendered it to avoid prosecution following his 1964 arrest for performing abortions. Blasio, Jane Blasio, knew that she'd been born in McKaysville, Georgia. Her birth certificate noted that. But the couple who raised her, Joan and James Walters of Akron, Ohio, were falsely listed as birth parents to both Blasio and her older sister, Michelle, who also came from the same Georgia clinic. So Jane goes back to McKaysville several times over 14 years, gathering stories. But everyone in the town, they were so weird to her. She goes to a, a bookstore and the man says, I'll give you information, kind of slips her a piece of paper and says, but you have to meet me at my house after hours. I can't let anybody know about it, which is so strange because this doctor died in 1972, but they're all still holding on to the secrets. So a breakthrough eventually arrived with the help of a local probate judge who became Jane's ally in her search. She didn't have any knowledge of what Dr. Hicks had been doing, and she did not have an allegiance to him or his family. So she went ahead and she perused the birth certificates that he was taking to the county registrar back in the 80s or back in the 50s and 60s and found out that there were an estimated 200 plus babies that had gone to Akron, Ohio from the Hicks Clinic in Georgia. So the TLC special unites Jane with Lisa Joyner and Chris Jacobs, as I mentioned, and they're trying to basically pierce the secrecy and the broken biological ties that still surround many of the Hicks babies, of which Blasio, born in 1965, appears to be the, the last and the youngest. So it's pursuing questions of when and why Hicks started selling babies, explores what the birth mothers were told, and whether Hicks himself possibly fathered any of the infants who were sold or given away. And let me just say, it's using DNA, which I love, it's using interviews with people in the town. There's some people that have finally come forward, of course, because there are cameras. And let me just put it this way. A visit to a mausoleum, which they're going to they're gonna break into as part of the series. Taken at birth on TLC, it is worth every minute of your time. So here we go with Reed Drummond. Reed Drummond, the pioneer woman. I can't believe my good luck. It turns out that not only is she a blogger, an author, food writer, photographer, TV personality, she's also a scholar when it comes to reality television shows. And in my opinion, that serves a greater purpose, more important than being a wife, a mother of four children. It really is her greatest achievement to date. Re, welcome to the show. Okay, you get me. What can I say? Thank you for that introduction. And I, I do need to set you straight. I am a scholar of Bravo reality shows. Uh, 
not necessarily other reality shows. So Bravo is my drug of choice. I don't know if I agree with that because I read somewhere that you have said you knew the exact moment that John and Kate plus eight would ultimately divorce. Oh, really? Did I say that? <laughs> I don't remember anything I've ever said. Now that's true, but that was that was old time, uh, old old days TLC. Uh, right now, I am uh, I'm a Bravo. I basically just have Bravo on. It, it's an IV uh, in my ear at this point. Well, I I salute that. I'll have to, I, I'll I, to check that. I, I I don't remember ever saying that about John and Kate Plus Eight, but I did watch that show in the early days. It was pretty uh, pretty precious in its inception. I feel like the turning point for me when I knew they were he- headed to Splitsville was when they went on a f- they went to film it at Ann Taylor and Kate explained that John was responsible for buying her clothes. I thought this is not going to work out in the end. And sure enough. And then I always wondered in later days why she needed to employ a bodyguard, Steve Nields. Do you remember that? I, I think I vaguely remember that. Um, you know, I. Having four children and being on TV myself, I I kind of multiply that uh, and and the the attention that they got at the time and you know that that's a lot of pressure. It, it's it's really it would have been quite the feat to to make it through that intact. And I mean, having uh, that many children at once, that many babies at once, would send most people over the edge <laughs> in many ways. So that's that's but a good yeah, point. I, but I remember. What I remember about the show mostly is I just was in love with those kids, you know, the Aiden and and uh, Joel and the, the little boys that I remember when I had my little boy, Todd, he, he reminded me so much of, of those little boys. Just He was just kind of, <laughs> he had the same little little quirkiness uh, that they had. So that that's kind of what I remember about that show the most. So cute. Okay, well, let's get into it. Oh, wait, a quick question for you. Your hot husband, does he watch any shows with you? Oh, he pretends he doesn't, and he protests, and and he just, he can't say enough about how much he dislikes Bravo. But I think by osmosis, he has just somehow, it has seeped into his consciousness, because as I said, it's kind of just in the atmosphere here. Um, so he he know he's familiar with all the 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 original casts of the, the various shows, but he would never admit that he gives it the time of day. I agree. I agree. I have a and, and similar I, husband. He is he is hot, by the way. <laughs> Thank you for pointing that out. <laughs> okay, I heard you say that. I sat up straight. Oh well, it's true. So let's start with Real Housewives of Orange County. I know that you have watched since episode one. I have two. So I have some questions for you. Okay. Okay. I'm ready. Do you feel like the moment that Lori Peterson and Vicki Gummelson's relationship changed and the show changed once George Peterson gifted Lori with that luxury car with the big red bow on it <laughs> and Vicki held her in her arms and said, he's the greatest guy that ever lived. I can actually, I can actually do an imitation. He's the greatest guy that ever lived. She, she, you could tell that. Yeah, it was, it was. Um, she was as awed by it as Lori was, and and I do remember they were holding each other. I, I do remember getting a kick out of that scene. The the seventy one times I've watched it. 
Do you think that Don with two N's Gumbelson was the unsung hero in the house of Gumbelson? I love Don and I still do. And I I'm touched that he is still in Brianna's life and involved with her boys. And I, I also admire that he has stayed entirely out of the spotlight uh, since he and Vicki broke up and he left the show. Uh, He seemed, he seemed like a pretty good guy. I agree. What about Slade Smiley? Now that you look back, where was the mo- what was the moment that you knew he could be diabolical? Was it when he was wearing the meatball huggers and doing sort of um, stretches, like jujitsu stretches, or when he was bragging about the black American Express card in the furniture store? <laughs> oh, gosh. See, Kate, I think I, I should tell you that one problem I have with, with my Bravo life is that I like everyone, even if they're not very redeemable or they don't seem very redeemable. I even, I, I, even if they aren't likable, I, I like everyone. So Slade, it kind of reminds me of, he was just a guy, he, he's like the guys that like to hang out with girls, you know, just in college. They, he, it seems like he would rather go hang and, and go out with girlfriends than be a guy's guy because uh, probably speaking of guys guys lad would probably not want to be on a reality <laughs> television show um <laughs> so uh but yeah Slade he he's really it's been a journey it's been a journey for Slade so I I think that's going to be my answer do you feel he was sure good looking when the show started though? He was uh he was cute. I know, but I felt like he knew it. Well, that's true. I and you know, he did and and I think the one scene where I I d- didn't love one of the with the early scenes with Slade was the <laughs> the French maid costume with Joe. Uh-huh. Sorry to sorry to drag you into this Joe, but having her clean in a French maid costume, I don't know. I just thought hmm I'm going to keep my eye on that fella. And also to to get upset with her because she didn't want to stay home and help raise his children when she was only at 23 years old, just out of school and wanted to go to the nightclub at the strip mall near the John Wayne airport with her young friends. Yeah, that was a very, that was a very lofty expectation on his part. And they weren't married. And, and even if they had been married, it would have been quite an expectation. So, yeah. Okay, let, let's skip ahead a little bit. What were your thoughts on the fights between Heather Dubrow and Kelly Dodd? Did this did this sort of make the show sort of jump the shark at all? The explosive fights that Kelly would have with Heather and Heather's disinterest in really engaging in a serious fight? Well, I think what it what they did was they brought out the extremes in each other. So the more Kelly's claws came out, the more uh, above it all Heather had to be. And so Heather came across as more uh, above it all and, and, uh, you know, not willing to engage. And Kelly came across as maybe a little bit more uh, aggressive. Uh, So it always, it always, I always find it interesting that I'm, when people start on one of the Real Housewives 
franchise. The first season is the quietest you're probably going to see them, except for Shannon, who I think what you saw was what you got from day one with Shannon. She's always kind of, I think, been very much herself and I think new new housewives are also themselves, but then they then they watch themselves for a season and think, why did I not speak up for myself, or why did I not say this? And so uh, I've noticed this is such a diversion from the question you. I'm <laughs> sorry. This is I love this it. Is what happens to a brain when they watch Bravo for 15 years? Real Housewives. But um, but yeah, I think talk about two people that probably aren't compatible you know kelly and heather absolutely but again i like them both i'm gonna say if given the opportunity if given the opportunity would you like to take a workout class at cut fitness oh gosh i i just worked out i have a rower and uh, i'm watching the handmaid's tale on my rower because i have a coming out and i my jeans were so tight <laughs> and I I'm wearing black leggings that have dog hair on them <laughs> and a Spanx camisole because it kind of makes me feel like I'm getting skinny on the rower <laughs> and and I'm wearing a t-shirt that I think was once like my teenage son's and so I just think I don't want Eddie Judge ever to see me like this so <laughs> I would no. I would rather just watch people take classes at Cut Fitness. Do you? Plus, he would make me weigh. Did you see the I, recent I mean, episode where that's awful? Emily had to weigh, and I was like, "I'm out." That is terrible. And and why would they say what the actual weight was? Why is that necessary? I've really I've gone to doctors' appointments and refused. I've just said, you know what? I don't think I want to do that today. Thank you, though, for offering. <laughs> Emily and Shane, did he really take the bar or was he pretending to take the bar and actually going to his parents' house and playing foosball in the basement? I'll bet he took the bar and I'll bet he was studying. But I also imagine, speaking from experience, that he probably wasn't hating being in a hotel room by himself. Mm. Uh, when you have little kids, a, a hotel room can be just, it, it doesn't even matter where it is. It can be on an interstate and, <laughs> you know, it's like, I think I'm just going to study for a couple more weeks. That's my theory. That's a good theory. Do you think that the Real Housewives is as entertaining as it was the first few seasons? Or do you feel like it, it's losing its luster? The whole real real housewives concept, both or OC, both. Well, it's not losing its luster for me. I, if I am any measure of, it's different. I think it's it's more probably a little more produced and maybe a little more uh, slick. And I think people or cast members are probably chosen a little bit more. Uh, deliberately and you can't you just will never have anything like that original Real Housewives of Orange County it was just so uh when I watched the first season now it's it couldn't be different but it couldn't be more different but I I I still love it I I there are some franchises I don't 
connect with quite as much um, or, or it's on a night when I'm watching something else. But the ones that I love, I still very much am, am uh, engaged with and hooked on and addicted to. Okay, so let's jump over to Southern Charm, which I know you also consider yourself a scholar. First question, did you notice Harry Dubin was in the first season of Southern Charm in the background? <gasps> no. Yes. I'm so ashamed I didn't know that. Yeah. Where, when, with whom? So was it a cameo or was it an accident? It was, I don't know, could be between cameo and accident. He was at a party thrown by Thomas Ravenel first season. Catherine is at the party. I will take the the screenshot and send it to you. But he did appear in the background. Does it concern you? Does it concern you that Thomas and Harry know each other? Um, Does it concern me? I, I just, uh, mm, I'm a little stumped on this. Yeah. I mean, they, they probably, they probably don't bring out the best in each other. Let's put it that way as buddies. Agree. Are you glad that Thomas is no longer involved with the show? I definitely glad he's not involved with the show. I think it just got dark. It got, it got pretty dark and it's nice. Uh, even though, you know, the, the darkness is still happening, uh, in real life. And I, I hate that it's, you know, that sort of upheaval and, and, uh, turmoil is, is going on for, for the kids sake. But, uh, I, I'm glad that that, that sort of, uh, thread of, of just darkness isn't on the show because it is Southern charm isn't trying to make any, uh, important, social statements it's it's really a fun light uh kind of romp I agree (laughs) and what makes it fun for me is that I grew up going to Hilton Head uh where Chelsea Meisner's from and so I get I I can sort of imagine the places and the and the the smell in the air of the sea and and all of that so yeah I, I think um I think it was probably time to move on would you have any interest in making a meal for Patricia Altschul in her home? Oh, yes. Yes. I love her home. That's my style. I, I have, I love that style and I'll, I'll never have that style as long as I live on a cattle ranch in rural Oklahoma. So I, I, I watch Patricia and I'm, I'm completely just enraptured and it's very aspirational to me. Yes, I would love to cook for her. Should Madison stay with Austin even after that disturbing video with the two girls? Should she cut her losses and move to New York City or should she try to make a go of it? I, you know, I never got straight what the story was there and whether how much of it was a real situation and how much of it they they had uh, manufactured or, or had fun with quote unquote. So I just don't know. I, I don't know the, the full, the full story. And I, I, I like Austin. I, I, I want to like him and he, he's, he seems like a good kid. And I also like Madison and I, I, you know, I, I sometimes want to, want to say, Oh, 
please don't say that. Right. <laughs> oh, don't do that. Don't say that, Madison. But you know, I I wouldn't I wouldn't make that call for anybody. I think I think she's pretty pretty strong. She's not going to suffer any fools. So she she will probably ultimately make the best decision for herself. Would you like to have some of Craig's pillows at the mercantile? mercantile? I want, yes, I want them all over my, I want, so I want pillows with crabs on my sofa. <laughs> He's so cute. Isn't I, just he? think, I love how, how strange he is and how he's just unashamed to own a sewing machine. And, um, I like him a lot. Yes. Craig, pill- the thing is, is he has the, his pillows are, um, they call it a coastal style. So again, here I am on my cattle ranch in Oklahoma. So it's not necessarily a fit to have crustaceans on your pillows, but maybe I could have one as an accent somewhere. Or he could make a a ranch collection. Uh, Lobsters with cowboy hats. Well, that's a good call. Okay. Cameron, do you think that she should stay on the show, even though we don't really get to see much of her personal life? Do you think it works with all the other cast members who reveal so much or do you think she's necessary as a narrator i would hate for cameron to go i think having her voice as the uh, kind of sing-songy narrator is perfect and she is an anchor and she's she's been there from day one and she is the girl next door and that the the one that you know she's she has her flaws and she admits them and she's, she's a work in progress, but she's also uh, pretty solid in so many ways. I would hate for Cameron to go and her hair is a thing of beauty. <laughs> her hair, her hair got better after her baby, which I don't know how that's possible. <laughs> would you be okay if one of your daughters said, I met a great guy in South Carolina, his name's Shep Rose, and I think that we're going to make a future together. <laughs> one of my daughters now? Yeah. Uh, would I be okay with that? Yes. No, 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 no. He's, he's 38, 39. And uh, they're, they're, they have lots to learn uh, on their own timeline, and he's already learned it all. So Good call. Okay. All right. Vanderpump rules. Jax and Brittany... They just got married. Do you think that they will be together in five years? Yes, I hope so. I mean, I am. I marvel at the difference she has made in him. Uh, I, I, yeah. I mean, I think she's she's so. It seems like if she if if she decides it's going to work, then he kind of rises to the occasion. And I hope that continues to be the case. Just be honest. Did you make beer cheese after she explained the recipe on the show? I I have not yet, but it's on high on my list of um, things to make while watching the new season of Vanderpump Rules. Whenever that comes out. Doesn't that sound so good? Beer cheese. (laughs) Absolutely not. I think it sounds hellacious, but I'm not somebody who enjoys cheese. (laughs) But you live in Orange County, so beer cheese is not something that is in the ether out no, there. No, that's true. What about Stasi and Bo? Are you are you excited about this relationship? Do you think that the show will be at, 
do you think the show will be as interesting as it has been if they're all getting married and having children? I do. I think so. Yes. I, I, I honestly, Vanderpump at times has. <laughs> I say this. I say this in a very respectful way, but it has gotten pretty uh, low in terms of kind of scraping. Scraping the bottom of of what should happen in relationships. I'm not going to name any names, um, but they're, they're, they've had their fun. They've been in their you know 20s and early 30s, and we've seen so much of the partying, which which is part of the fun of the show. Um, I think it's a great concept that you know that now they're transitioning into adulting, and you know some of them are probably should have made that transition 10 years ago, but now they are. And, you know, I, I do think Stassi and Bo are just genuinely in love and I, I love them together. And I don't, I don't think it's going to, uh, quiet Stassi's, uh, nature. And, and I, I feel like her relationship with, um, well, her previous boyfriend, maybe, maybe quelled her a little bit and, you know, suppressed her, her humor. And I, I love that Bo just celebrates her. And, I agree. You know, her humor and everything. They, they seem genuinely adorable together. Tom Schwartz and Katie, turns out they never actually married. They never filled out their paperwork. Was that surprising to you? Oh, now, when did we hear this, Kate? I didn't know this. Oh, it's going to be on the upcoming season. He, they never actually filed the paperwork. So they're not actually legally married. They had the whole ceremony with Lisa, but it was never really legally sound. Oh, interesting. So what will happen? I don't know. I think that's a good question. Do you think that they'll decide to still be together and to make it legal? Or do you think they will just try to Goldie Hawn their way through their relationship? <laughs> uh, you know, they, they have a... They've got something, they've got a connection. And can I just say that my favorite Vanderpump Rules cast member is Tom Schwartz. Oh, 100%. Um, Followed followed by Stassi. I I really, I've enjoyed the evolution of Stassi since the beginning. But Tom is just the cutest. And with his triplet brothers, I I could watch him forever. Um, But... Yeah, you know, I have to tell you a little story about Katie. I went to Sir, of course. What? When I was in, I went to Sir, like in tw- 2015, uh, with my sister, and Katie was my server, <gasps> and uh, she was so lovely. I mean, she she was so kind of quiet and kind and sweet, and uh, of course, very beautiful and. So I, I kind of, I, I'm always just a little bit on Katie's side and, and I think, um, she, she does, she needs probably some tools for, uh, you know, fighting and arguing, but you know, a lot of us do. So, uh, you know, I, I hope I, I root for them and I do, I, they have a lot of pressure because it's hard when you're married in the public eye and you have a lot of, uh, people predicting your demise and criticizing. That's a lot of stress on a relationship period, but especially a younger relationship. So I kind of root for all of them and I hope they all, they all make it and become more healthy. 
and stay really skinny and beautiful, all of them. <laughs> Did you try the goat goat cheese balls while you were there? Um, you know, I don't think I had the goat cheese balls, but I um, the food was really good. I had some kind of fish, and I wrote her I, like I wrote her a note on the on the on the ticket, and I was like telling her how proud I was of her and how much I enjoyed watching her. How sweet. And my, my sister was my sister was like, "Can we go, please?" And I was like, <laughs> and I was like, "Can you shine shine your iPhone light? I can't see because I was trying to write a note in a dark restaurant." But um, it's always fun to have kind of a personal encounter with with people that you know you kind of see their human side a little bit more. I would have loved if this story ended with you going to Tom Sandoval and Ariana's apartment and you tried to heat something up in the microwave and all the lights went out in the apartment. <laughs> or went to uh, went to Tom Schwartz's and made a steak or something. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Tom exactly. Schwartz style. <laughs> so yeah. last quick questions. Did Lisa sell the story to Raider Online? Oh, my gosh. Did I... I hate the darkness. I, I have a real problem with the dark threads that that wind through the stories. Yeah, it's a little dark. I just, I, I can't make the call. I just can't because I, I don't know how, I don't know how it was edited. And I don't know, uh, you know, I think perhaps it's quite possible that she, someone she knew did, but, you know, I don't think that she personally did but I just really don't know I I ache over that whole situation I hate a broken friendship I do too what about Bethany Frankel leaving New York will you still tune in or do you feel like part of you died when she announced that she was not coming back to the show yeah it I it died when she left the show the first time and I felt the same pain and kind of loneliness and despair the second time when I heard. Uh, I can't fault anyone for wanting to pursue plans, but it does, it does feel a little bit like what will, what will keep me there. You know, I I have to say if anyone keeps me there, it's going to be Sonia Mm. or Sonia. I'm sorry. Sonia. That was the Oklahoma pronunciation. (laughs) Sonia. I love her. My last question is, have you ever purchased a Bravo Leopardy product? You know, I haven't. That's I, I haven't. But sometimes our internet is slow and <laughs> it keeps me from, it, it hinders my shopping. So I'll blame it on that. Okay, good. But if you do have the ability, the Wi-Fi does connect. What's the one thing... What's the one Bravo Liberty product that you would actually like to get? Uh, I don't know if this exists, but I want a I want a hat or a shirt that says "Who's going to check me, boo?" Oh, that's a good call. That is a good call. I don't know. I I say that sometimes to my teenage boys <laughs> if they're if they're and they don't know what I'm saying because I I don't say it right. But I just I. It's hard for anyone on Bravo to really d- do too much wrong by me. I I, I support all of their ventures. <laughs> I I root for all of them. Well, I you were so kind and you sent me a cookbook. Your new cookbook is called The New Frontier. 
I my kids love the donuts. We made that, and that says a lot because my husband's Portuguese, and we make Portuguese malasadas, and they love the donuts. So that's high praise from our family. And the other, I'm impressed. Yeah, it's high praise. And the other recipe that's right up my alley, and I think it's going to be right up other people's alleys, is that you did this spin on eggplant parmesan, where you where you make the butternut squash. Bake it, and then you put eggplant on top of it with mozzarella and marinara, and that is what I'm going to serve for Thanksgiving this year because I think turkey and mashed potatoes and stuffing are equally hellacious to cheese. So this is right up my alley, and I have to say, excellent, delicious. Oh yay! Yeah, that I had fun with that dish. It's it's kind of a little off the beaten path from what I would normally make for my family. So. Uh, see, I, I feel such a kinship with you, Kate, except well, I guess we can never really truly be close because of the whole cheese thing. I, I don't know. know where we go from here. I feel How like, can I change the mind? I feel like people have trouble with me because I don't like cheese and I don't smoke cigarettes. And I feel like those two things really create a barrier. But I, I will say that I would love nothing more than to hang out on the ranch and make you like a skinny margarita with Bethany Frankel's ingredients, just like uh, your favorite Teresa says. Um, and I think we could still kick back. I have a lot of kids and we both need to escape. And I feel like we could spend an enormous amount of time just going through old episodes of shows. I do feel like we're still connected. I would, I would never, ever get bored, ever. And I, I could go for days. I could go for days. So sometime when you have a few days and the kids are maybe at, at camp, summer camp, a few years from now, and you can't find anyone that still watches Bravo, <laughs> call me up. I will. I'll take you to that. So tell everybody where they can find you. Well, I'm on County Road 44. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I, uh, well, I'm a home on the ranch and I'm on Food Network every Saturday morning and uh, for my show and my new cookbook comes out on October 22nd. I'm very excited. It was a lot of fun to work on. It's beautiful cookbook. I congratulate you on all your work. I, my kids especially love to watch your show. It's sort of relaxing in the background in the same way. I'm sure Bravo is for you. And so I can speak on behalf of all of us that say, Thank you for everything that you do and for creating, creating such great content. And it's been so great talking to you, and I'm so thrilled that you are one of us. Well, Kate, thank you for having me. It was a lot of fun, and uh, we'll get together and eat cheese soon. Awesome. Go, go cheese balls forever. That's right. We'll, we'll, get, we'll eat cheese and not smoke together. How's that sound? I want to thank my great guest this week, Reed Drummond. And remember to go buy her cookbook because I'm telling you, it's a really good one. I want to remind you, I've got a Patreon page, P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com backslash Kate Casey. I've got a new episode up. It's about Caroline Calloway, which is this Instagram influencer that went off the grid and then things went south. And Liz Bentley is like the expert on Caroline Calloway and gave me all the scoop. You can find our Facebook group, Reality Life with Kate Casey. There are a bunch of incredible people in there, and we are talking about great shows, podcasts, and books all week long. You can find me on Twitter at, at Kate Casey. I am tweeting 
about shows and during shows all week long. And my Instagram is at Kate Casey CA. And guess who I'm interviewing next week? The Long Island medium, Teresa Caputo. So I'm wishing you guys a great week and I'll be back with an episode on Wednesday. Listen to Smartless. Smartless is the podcast that I host with my friends who are more like brothers. The super talented and funny Will Arnett and Sean Hayes is JJ well, JJ JJ. Why are you yeah. Why are you whispering? Well, it, there's there's a pst in the in the in the copy. But people are listening, so it's like they are listening. Like, okay. Yeah. In each episode of Smartless, one of us reveals our mystery guest to the other two. What ensues is a genuinely improvised and authentic conversation. Our mystery guests span. Our mystery. We'll cut this out. Our mystery guests. All right, here we, we go. We got a lot of big famous people from different walks of life. And if you're yeah, a Matt Wondery McConaughey, fan, then you're going to stone. Yeah. Just you come and listen Tyson. to it. Yeah. We're on Wondery right now and you can listen yeah. to us. And no matter what you're doing, you're at the gym or you're in the car. Just listen yeah. to the podcast. Sean, tell them where they can find it. Follow Smartless on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen to Smartless ad-free by joining Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or on Apple Podcasts. Bye. Bye. Bye.